For Arizona Public Media, I'm Tim Swindle, Director of the University of Arizona's Lunar and Planetary Laboratory, and this is Arizona Science. Joining me today is Andrew Paik, an Assistant Professor of Molecular and Cellular Biology at the University of Arizona. Welcome, Andrew. Thanks, Tim. One of the reasons we invited you was because the 2020 Nobel Prize for Chemistry went to the developers of CRISPR, a technique that's often described as genetic scissors, and you're one of the users of CRISPR. Could you briefly explain what CRISPR does? It's a, basically a mechanism to direct a cut in a very specific sequence of DNA. So there are roughly 3 billion base pairs of DNA. So these are the A's, C's, T's, and G's that make up uh, the, the genome, the human genome. So there's three billion base pairs in the human genome, and CRISPR allows you to make a specific cut in a 20 base pair sequence out of those three billion base pairs. How do you use CRISPR in your work? So the way we use CRISPR in our work, as similar to other researchers, is two ways. One is to make a specific cut into a gene, um, and then when, when that happens, cells try to repair that cut and they often make mistakes. And those mistakes end up turning that gene off or deleting the gene. So what we can do is see what happens when we remove one gene from the human genome. Another way we use CRISPR is to make a cut and then paste in a very specific sequence uh, so that we can um, alter a gene in a way that's useful to us. So in other words, you're sort of using the scissors to make a cut and then insert a flashlight that you can watch through a microscope or something like that as the gene goes to work? Yeah, that's that's but that's a perfect way of explaining it. So yeah, exactly. So it's, it's a flashlight to kind of follow where it is. And what is the work that you're actually trying to do? Um, my lab's really interested in these transcription factors called the FOXO transcription factors. Um, they're, they're basically the regulators of homeostasis. So they get turned on whenever nutrients are low and they basically upregulate different pathways that uh, allow cells to accumulate nutrients um, or other types of cellular stress like reactive oxygen species, which damage DNA. Uh, these foxotranscription factors will be turned on and they'll upregulate enzymes that then clear out these reactive oxygen species. And so how do you actually see where they are? Do you use just a regular light microscope or something like that? Yeah, so we use a fluorescence microscope. So again, what we do is we use CRISPR to tag these foxotranscription factors with green fluorescent protein, you know, which is, again, a protein that came from uh, jellyfish. And then what we do is when you shine a uh, green light at this protein, that it'll also emit photons of light. And so we can measure that in our microscope. And so what we, we do in the lab is we make time-lapse movies of these FOXO transcription factors. So we'll grow cells in our microscopes. We have a chamber to do this. And then what we'll do is we'll stress the cells uh, with different stresses, either we'll lower nutrients or add reactive oxygen species to cells. And then we'll follow over several days where FOXO transcription factors are going. Do you see this as ultimately having an application to treatment of human diseases or human longevity? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the, the projects in the lab is looking at a chemotherapy drug uh, called gefitinib. What's known is that this drug will kill cancer cells specifically, and it does so through these FOXO transcription factors. 
But unfortunately, for, for many patients, it's the, the killing of the cancer cells is not 100%. So some of these cancer cells end up surviving um, and FOXO does not kill them. And so what we wanna know is why some of the cancer cells survive um, and some of them die. And what we found so far is that some of the cancer cells, when we add this drug, FOXO goes in the nucleus, stays there for long enough to kill them. While in a subset of cells, there seems to be some kind of feedback to where the, we add the drug, FOXO goes in the nucleus, then it leaves and starts pulsing in and out of the nucleus. And what we're trying to do is identify the feedback that kicks it back out of the nucleus so we can get it to stay there and increase the, the amount of cancer cells that will die in response to these treatments. Well, good luck on your work and thanks for joining us, Andrew. It's really a pleasure to be here. This is Tim Swindle, and this has been Arizona Science. You can also listen to this and other Arizona Science segments by going to the Arizona Public Media website at azpm.org.